أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. Inshallah, this will be the last part on the topic of general leadership before we start some episodes concerning the imama of each of the imams. The first subsection talks about the hadith of Thaqalain or the tradition of two weighty things. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Verily, I leave behind among you the two weighty things, which as long as you continue to adhere to, you will never go astray after me, and one of which is greater than the other. The Book of Allah is the rope stretched from the heavens to the earth, and my progeny, my household. Behold, verily, they will never separate from each other until they meet me at the heavenly waters. This is a hadith narrated from the Holy Prophet near the end of his life where he advises the Ummah to hold on to these two things in his absence because somebody who holds on to these two things will be assured paradise as the return of these two things, the Qur'an and the Ahlul Bayt is at the heavenly pond and this hadith is in line with what we discussed about how people will be raised with their Imam be that a righteous Imam or an unrighteous one and it is also consistent with the other riwayat that we heard concerning how somebody complies and accepts intellectually the merit and the excellence of an imam in the same way that they understand the merit and the excellence of the Holy Quran and it's also consistent with the advice of the Holy Prophet to hold on to the Quran in times of darkness. So this is one of the most important traditions that we have that leads us to understand that we need to hold on to the Holy Quran and the household of the Prophet if we want to achieve salvation. The next subsection is about clinging on to the household of the Prophet. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Indeed, the example of my household among you is like that of Noah's ark. Whoever embarked it was saved, and whoever chose to remain behind it was drowned. So in the same way as Noah's ark was a vessel of salvation that saved those people that embarked on it and those that chose not to embark the ark of Noah were drowned and destroyed in the same way the household of the Holy Prophet is such that somebody who follows them, embraces them as leaders and accepts them because they fulfill the conditions of a rightful leader in Islam and therefore they have the right of obedience over their followers, they are saved from the destruction that awaits those people that do not take them as such. Imam Ali is reported to have said, Look at the people of the Prophet's household, adhere to their direction, follow their footsteps, because they will never remove you from guidance and will never throw you into destruction. If they sit down, i.e. desist from revolting, you sit down, and if they rise up, you rise up. So here in this tradition is the quintessential reason for why a person should follow the household of the Prophet. And that is that they will never remove a person from guidance and never throw somebody into destruction. They are aware of the correct times to rise up against unjust tyrants and they are also aware of the right times not to do so when it will cause the destruction of their followers. And this is something we have also spoken about in the previous podcasts. Imam Ali is reported to have said, Lo, verily, the example of the family of Muhammad is like that of the stars in the sky. When one star sets, another one rises. So you are in a position that Allah's blessings on you have been perfected and He has shown you what you have wished for. That is that the earth will never be without a divine just guide and when one imam passes away, they are immediately followed by another. And this is something we will see more in the next sections on specific leadership. And it's also something that we discussed previously. 
In another tradition, Imam Ali salam is reported to have said, We are the tree of prophethood, the settling place of the divine message, the place frequented by angels, the mines of knowledge, and the springs of wisdom. So these are some characteristics of the household of the Prophet and it is upon the seekers of the truth to find out if these claims are correct and once they find that these claims are correct through their research and understanding then they will naturally take the Imams as their leaders and as their examples. In the next tradition Imam Ali is reported to have said Verily the Imams are the vicegerents of Allah over his creation and they make the creatures know Allah. None will enter paradise except he who acknowledges them and who himself is acknowledged by them and none will enter hell except he who denies them and is himself denied by them. In the next tradition Imam Ali is reported to have said we the Prophet's household are like the saddle cushion in the middle. He who slides behind has to come forward to it, while he who has slid too far forward has to return back to it. So this tradition explains the centrality of the household of the Holy Prophet. That those people that go ahead of them, for example, in their understanding of worship, in their eagerness to revolt against an unjust tyrant and other things such as this, when they see that the household of the Prophet doesn't do those things, then they have to reform their action and come back to where the household of the Prophet is. And the opposite as well. If they are lagging behind the actions of the Imams, then they have to come forward and find the middle ground again. Imam Sadiq is reported to have said, mentioning the status and the qualities of the Imams, Allah has made them the source of life for mankind, the lamps in the darkness, the keys to expression, and the pillars of Islam. The next subsection talks about the reason for the opposition against the household of the Prophet. Because if they have all of these qualities, then why should people be against them? Imam Ali is reported to have said, as regards to the oppression against us in this matter, in spite of being the foremost in lineage and bearing the strongest relationship to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, it, meaning the Caliphate, was tempting. The hearts of some people coveted it, whereas the hearts of others did not care for it, and the arbitrator is Allah. Meaning that despite the qualities of the Imams, there were people that found the Caliphate a tempting proposition because of the material wealth, because of the power, because of all the other things that are associated with the Caliphate. And so some people saw the Caliphate as something large and it took hold of their hearts. And so they preferred themselves to that position over the family of the Holy Prophet despite their qualities and their relationship with the Messenger of Allah. And at the same time, the Ahlul Bayt do not see the Caliphate as something large because the Caliphate does not add to them. The Caliphate is only a vehicle through which they can actualize the ideals of Islam actualize the justice that will benefit the ummah and at the end of the day it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will choose between them those people that usurped the role of the imams and the imams themselves on the day of judgment the followers of each party will be taken to the place that their imam is taken those that have unrightful imams those imams will turn against them on the day of judgment whereas those who have chosen the rightful imams those rightful imams will intercede for them on the day of judgment the next subsection talks about the philosophy of leadership in the viewpoint of the household. Imam Ali is reported to have said, O oh Allah, you know that what we did was neither to compete for power nor to acquire anything from the vanities of the world. Rather, we only wanted to restore the original characteristics of your religion and to usher prosperity into your lands so that the oppressed from among your servants may be safe and that your abolished commands may be re-established. 
So this is the reason why an imam takes hold of the government and that is to restore the original form of the religion of Islam, to benefit the ummah by ushering in prosperity and safety for the oppressed and at the same time re-establishing that which has been forgotten by the ummah. The next subsection talks about what would happen were it not for fear of dissension. Imam Ali is reported to have said, By Allah, were it not for the fear of dissension among the Muslims, that they would return to disbelief and that the religion would be damaged, we would indeed have changed the situation of leadership as much as possible. So in this tradition, we see that for the Imam to make the changes that are necessary, they need to have the cooperation of the Ummah. And that is why there are mutual rights between the Imam and the community. Because when those mutual rights are not fulfilled, then the Imam cannot do his job as the leader of the Ummah. The final subsection talks about the 12 Imams. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, the affairs of the people will continue to progress as long as 12 men govern them. All of them will be from the tribe of Quraysh. In another tradition, the Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Verily, the number of successors after me is the number of the chiefs of Moses. And as we know, the number of the chiefs of Moses was 12. And it is these kind of traditions that form the basis of the 12er Shia sect. The final subsection is about the knowledge of the Imam. Imam Sadiq is reported to have said, Verily, Ali was knowledgeable, and knowledge is something that is inherited. In fact, no sooner does a knowledgeable man die, that there remains after him one who knows his knowledge or whatever Allah wishes. So this is speaking about the inherited knowledge of the Imams and how they inherit from each other. Imam Ali's knowledge was inherited from the Holy Prophet and all of the Imams inherited their knowledge one after the other from the previous Imam. Imam Sadiq is reported to have said, By Allah, certainly I know the book of Allah from its beginning to its end, as if it is in my palm. In it is contained the information about the heavens and the earth, about all that existed and all that is to be. Allah, mighty and exalted, has said, In it is clarification of all things. So the Imam has the complete knowledge of the Holy Qur'an and that is why in the Hadith of Thaqalain, the Qur'an and the household of the Prophet are put together. And furthermore, that is why an Imam is needed in every time because it is the Imam that gives the interpretation of the Qur'an in every time. Imam al-Ridha is reported to have said, Whenever Allah selects a person to manage the affairs of his creation, he opens his breast for that purpose. And he makes springs of wisdom to flow in his heart and bestows knowledge to him by way of inspiration, after which he never again lacks the capacity to answer, nor is confused from finding the right way out. So here are a few more characteristics of an Imam, and that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens his breast and gives him the capacity and the tolerance for the purpose that he is about to undertake. And he makes springs of wisdom flow from his heart, and he is given knowledge by way of inspiration. These are all divine actions. And when those divine actions all come into place, then the Imam never lacks the capacity to answer or to find the correct way. And this was practically how some of the Shia ascertained who the Imam was by making sure they asked numerous questions and through that they understood that the Imam had the capacity to answer. With that, the section of general leadership comes to an end and in the next section we will talk about the specific leadership of Imam Ali alayhisalam. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين